You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. Today, I have an argument to make. So I need you ready. On the edge of your seat, ears turned on, brains pumping with blood. I actually don't know about the physiology of that. But here's our big idea for today. Jesus, the word, has been proclaimed into your ears and given you faith. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is what the psalmist, the singer of praises, the writer of praises, said to us last week. And this is also what Jesus was saying in John chapter 6, all the way through, but especially in verses 47 through 51. Remember, he said, Very truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus was telling them that they needed to taste and see that the Lord was good. You think the Lord was good back when your ancestors were tasting and seeing? The manna bread that was delivered from heaven every day? Well, they ate that bread day after day. They took what God offered them. They tasted, they saw, and they died. But you have different bread from heaven. Jesus says, a bread that will make you live forever in the resurrection with God. Eat it, taste, and see. Jesus is talking about himself here. He's talking about his flesh being the bread. And what do we know about his flesh? We know that Jesus is the word made flesh. We know that Jesus is the word of God. That could sound strange because we do not easily understand or believe that. For the sake of honesty, let's just ask, how can Jesus be both God and God's word? This is a reasonable question. This is what John tells us in chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 and 14. When John will later write that God is love, he is telling us that God's very nature what we are able to understand about him, what he has told us about himself, is that he is love. Now, don't misunderstand. Love is not God. God is love. Love cannot be removed from him because it is who he is. We also know from the Bible that God is righteousness and that he is justice. These things are not parts of God. His character is entirely all of these attributes all at the same time. And what Jesus teaches us, what John tells us, is that you cannot separate God from his word. 
what God speaks to us and has written for us throughout all of Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, cannot and should not be separated from Him. This does not mean that the Bible tells us everything about God or that our Bibles are God. No, this does not mean that we should worship our Bibles. The text of Scripture tells us what God has chosen to reveal about Himself. So, when Jesus tells us He is to be eaten and that He is God and God's Son and the Word, what are we supposed to do with that? This is what we said last week. Jesus is saying, hear my words, eat them up, let them be in you. If my word is in you, I am in you, and nothing can separate you from the salvation you have found in me. Jesus is saying, make sure the word about me is proclaimed to you. Make sure my words are put in you, that I am in you. But before I get excited and re-preach the last month of sermons, this is what I want us to get to this morning. Your ears are important. Your hearing is important. And as weak, strange, or even ineffective as it may seem, God has chosen to bring faith to the world through hearing. God has chosen to give salvation through the ears. Paul says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of or about Christ. Such a simple verse that holds so much significance for us. Paul is telling us here that in order to get faith, we have to hear. And even in order to hear, we have to be given the word about Jesus. We actually need to have Jesus proclaimed or preached into our ears. And when that happens, we hear. And when we hear... That we will receive faith. What Paul does here is demystify our faith. Now, sure, there are still mysteries, things we do not know about God and how he works. But we do know something very big. Faith, a thing that we all want more of, we believe, help our unbelief, right? Faith, something that everyone we meet is trying to put on things other than God. Well, faith, or real faith, does not come from testing every option. Real faith does not come through a decision that we make about something. Real faith is not something that we need to produce in ourselves. Faith comes by hearing the good news about Jesus. We should ask next, is Romans 10 the only place we learn this? Well, I'm glad you asked. No. <laughs> when we were studying Galatians, we read this. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who, who's cast a spell on you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? 
just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. Paul here asks twice, was it by doing that you were saved or was it by hearing? And he answers his own question with the example of Abraham, who was not a great example of faithfulness in and of himself. God was always preaching and proclaiming to him, giving faith through the ears, and that faith given to Abraham by the word of God was also the gift of righteousness. We would also be justified in asking the question, how does God do this through his word? Well, here's an example. Consider Genesis chapter 1. God's spoken word creates. Through his word, God takes nothingness and creates everything. There was nothing to even hear that word that God spoke, and yet it was creative and it made all things. In the first couple of chapters of Genesis, though, we also get another picture of the power of words. When Satan entered the garden, what did he do? Did he kidnap Eve and demand that Adam eat the fruit in order to get her back? No. All he did was speak. Adam and Eve listened. Words have power. What we listen to matters. But don't worry. I'm not here to tell you that you should be listening what you should be listening to or watching. I'm not telling you what kind of music is best for you or what kind of friend is best for you. I'm telling you something that you already know. Words matter. Words have consequences. When you are in love and you whisper sweet nothings to your lover, those words do something. When you yell or sternly say something about there being a lack of trust or love or respect, we all know that those words mean and do something as well. Most people have been harmed in some way. Many of us carry scars of pain uh, or abuse. The bruises may have faded, the physical scars have grown faint maybe, but the words, those hang with us. Those have left open wounds. As a child, you may have had the best parents and family. They may have cared for you better than anyone else ever could have. But that one word that they spoke to you still lingers and haunts you to this day. Forgive them as God in Jesus has forgiven you. But words have power. We know that. Words have meaning. The wisdom literature in the Bible is always talking about this. And James is the one who tells us that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen to others. When we want to help one another in our marriages and friendships and other relationships... 99% of the time, communication is the problem. And the words that we use must be the things that we practice on and work on and, and change so that we will move from selfishness to seeing other people and their good as well. We don't have time this morning to walk through every text of Scripture, so instead I need to summarize a little bit. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 24, we read that God is spirit. 
And throughout the Old Testament, this idea is supported to emphasize that God is not like an idol or a pagan demon. He does not have a body. Therefore, you guessed it, God does not have ears. But through the prophets and the Psalms, it is repeated that God's ears are bent towards his people to let us know that he is listening, that he hears us. And in a similar way, Isaiah tells us that we should bend our ears to God and listen, because then our hearts will be turned to him as well. On the reverse side, not having opened ears is consistently a picture of an unrepented heart. In Isaiah chapter 6, when God calls the prophet, he warns him that the people are not going to listen, that they will not be able to hear, and that their hearts will be made hard. And then in John chapter 5, verses 25 to 29, Jesus says this, Very truly I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. <laughs> strong and hard words from Jesus. But in there we hear this, that the dead will even hear his voice. What is good? Only God is good. Who are those that have done good? It's those that have heard the word about Jesus and have believed, and they will see the resurrection of life. And those that have done evil, that have denied Christ, they will see the resurrection of judgment. And I say all of that to get us to this point, and it's something that I said last week, we gather as a church to read, pray, preach, praise with, and picture God's word about Christ each and every week. We do that because Jesus thinks that we need it. We need it because Jesus is the word of eternal life, and when we hear about him, our ears are opened and faith is put in them. The writer of Hebrews encourages us that we should not ignore the gathering of the church. He does not say this because God has his attendance ledger out and is making sure that we were in church at least twice last month. He says this because we need to hear the good news about Jesus as often as we can get it shoved into our ears. Paul warns Timothy in his second letter that there are people with itching ears who want to hear certain things taught to them. And there are people that will want to teach them funny things <laughs> that will soothe their itching ears, right? In Corinth, the false teachers were building themselves up and forgetting to tell everyone about Jesus. And there, Paul admits that the simple message that we preach sounds like foolishness. For the word of the cross is folly, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, 
For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So what exactly was Paul teaching them? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, that is, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Anchored Baptist Church, here's the deal. Sometimes, as I'm preparing sermons week in and week out, I look at the sermons, I read them, and I think to myself, what am I doing? This is exactly what I taught last week. <laughs> Maybe you're sitting at home, or you're sitting at church, and that's exactly what you're thinking. Didn't we do this last week? We did. And I don't say that to be a point of bragging or of pride. I say all of this to be a reminder of what it is that you and I both need. We both need to hear the good news about Jesus each and every week. It's the one thing that Paul preached in the church in Corinth. It's the one thing that preachers are given to preach each and every week. There's going to be other things that we need to talk about, that we need to learn about, and that we can learn from God's word. But this is the one thing that gives faith. It is the one thing that gives you life forever with God. Anchored Baptist Church, we cannot forsake this. And when you and I are questioning to ourselves, do we really need to talk about this again? The answer is yes. Yes, we do. Because that is exactly how God promises to abide in you and to keep you abiding in him or staying with him. Christ died for your sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day. For your justification. Jesus, the bread of life, the word of God, has been proclaimed into your ears. He has been given to your ears to eat. And in doing that, God has created faith in your heart. He has turned you and he has made you new. To that, we can say amen and amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all. Amen.